0: This is episode number 16 on the Follow Your Flow podcast. Oral health, gum disease, and hormones. This is one episode that I hope all women do not skip over. I mean, who would have thought that your oral health, the quality of your brushing and flossing, could affect how you experience pregnancy, menstrual conditions, PCOS, menopause, and anything to do with your hormones. This is another thing that we should really be taught at school. And thank God for Rachel and her incredible and graceful way of educating us all on this topic. In this conversation, Rachel breaks it all down for us so that we can understand how it all works. And I promise you, you are going to be flossing to your heart's content at the completion of this episode. You will never miss a floss again. As always, please remember that the content on this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you need to change your healthcare plan, please make sure that you seek advice from your medical professional. Okay, now let's jump over to the episode with Dr. Rachel Mascord on all things oral health, gum disease, and hormones.
1: You're listening to Follow Your Flow. Your podcast on all things women's health, menstruation and fertility. Your host, fertility awareness educator, women's health practitioner and lover of all things health and healing brings her wealth of experience along with the real experiences of women and the expertise of health professionals. If you're looking for real and insightful conversations with real women, along with inspiring and lasting ways to improve your health, then you've come to the right place. Here's your host on Follow Your Flow, Sarah Harris. On today's episode, I have
0: Dr. Rachel Mascord here with me, who I've had on the show before. If you want to check back to episode number six, it's one of the most listened to episodes, actually, on um, where Rachel talks about Depo-Provera her experience with Depo-Provera. So check that one out. But today we're going to be talking about something completely different, but also linked in some ways, because uh, of course we're talking about the menstrual cycle. We're talking about the link between the menstrual cycle and gum disease. At least I think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> it, yes. You know, that is, isn't it? So <laughs> It's a very, very interesting topic and one that had me flossing no end after I had a chat with Rachel about this particular episode and this topic. I was like, oh my goodness, can't ever miss a floss again. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a super important episode that I hope a lot of women will take the time to listen to. So without further ado, welcome Rachel to the show.
2: Oh, thank you, Sarah. It's always an absolute pleasure to spend time with you. Amazing. I, I was a little bit concerned during your introduction that um, I don't know eighty percent of your audience would be either in a coma or you know, <laughs> running away to I don't know, do the ironing, <laughs> because gum <laughs> diseases seems to be a topic of absolutely no interest to people. Yet, as a dentist, I see so much gum disease, and it is it is still a major uh, condition that affects people. And we now know that it has so many wide-ranging effects on the general health of the body, and yet no one's very interested in it.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Like I, ne- I know for myself, you know, personally, like I haven't had that I know of anyway, um, any sort of diagnosed gum disease, but I do know that I have definitely avoided flossing. I never avoid brushing my teeth, but flossing is one thing that I have avoided. And, you know, it's really interesting to hear and listen to you speak about the link between the gums and the bacteria that, grow on the teeth and then how that then affects the entire system or all the systems of our body. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that just to introduce us to to this whole concept that we're all, you know, somewhat ignoring.
2: <gasps> exactly. It's so amazing when you think this is happening in this big hole in the middle of our face. <laughs> <or> our <laughs> mouth. Yes. And and yet, you know, everyone's kind of pointedly Uh, not paying attention to it. So, look, I just want to give a very, very simple um, discussion about gum disease, and if any dentists are listening to this, I'm sure they'll be horrified by the fact that I am simplifying it so much because I could bore the listener for hours on, on details. But let's just talk about the two most common forms of gum disease, and the first one is gingivitis, which literally means inflammation of the gums. Gingivitis is a very, very common condition. Uh, and the beautiful thing about gingivitis is that it is absolutely reversible with good oral hygiene. It's, it's one of the simplest conditions to treat. But what's interesting about gingivitis is that it is not just a an infection caused by bacteria, the disease, what is also an intrinsic part of the disease is the inflammatory process of the body. So what happens is that we naturally have bacteria in our mouths. It's just part of what it is to be a human being. You will never have a sterile mouth. But if we allow the bacteria that grow on that gum and tooth surface we allow that to become thick, it starts to become a a serious irritant to the, the gum tissues and specifically the immune system. The problem is that the bacteria are sitting on the gum and on the tooth. And yes, they will start to get into the gum tissue when the inflammation gets going. But The immune system is basically trying to deal with something it can't get to. So if I can give an analogy for that, it's like having a horrible person standing on the other side of a window insulting you, but you can't get to them because they're on the other side of a window. Mm. So you can get really, really upset and angry and, and throw insults but you can't actually reach them. You can't do anything. And so what happens, the immune system builds up, gets a massive amount of inflammation, but that inflammation starts to actually do more damage to the body than it does to the bacteria themselves. This is why oral hygiene is is key because we have to get the plaque off. We can't rely on our immune system because it can't do it. Now, Sarah, did that explanation make sense?
0: Absolutely. So so what you're saying is because it's on the outside, because it's on the gums and on the teeth and not inside, then that means that the immune system can't access it, it can't do its job. Exactly. So, yeah.
2: Exactly so. Now, the other form of gum disease is periodontitis and periodontitis is a more serious form it's the same mechanism but what starts to happen in periodontitis is you start to get breakdown of the tissues you start to lose the ligament that attaches the tooth to the bone and you start to lose bone
0: is this, is this the um, progression, like you have gingivitis and then moves to periodontitis, or are they two completely different things?
2: No, it's a progression. However, yeah. this is the interesting thing, and this is what we really do not understand, is that some people will have gingivitis for 40 years mm. and some people will progress very rapidly to periodontitis. And there was has been a lot of focus on the bacteria and the fact that There are bacteria in that advanced periodontal disease that are very specific and seriously nasty organisms, very, very nasty bacteria. But there are also what we call host factors. In other words, the human body itself seems to have uh, very subtle health uh, impacts that are... um, have an, in, an influence on the fact that the person will advance to that more aggressive disease, and it's that it's that progression from gingivitis to periodontitis that has been the focus of a lot of study. But we still really don't understand why one person and why what and why another person won't get it. It's quite an intricate area, and and we're very interested, but we're really The interesting thing, though, is for all of the studies, it boils down to the same thing. Good oral hygiene is the greatest way to prevent both conditions but also to manage both conditions if you develop them.
0: Hmm. That makes sense.
2: The biggest problem with periodontal disease is we are very good in dentistry at managing it, but we can't reverse it. You can't reverse the harm once you've lost tissues, once you've lost bone and ligament, it, you can't really get it back. And there are people that do very intricate surgeries and, and can get a certain amount of resolution, but really once it's lost, you're never going to get back to what you were as a very, you know, a young, healthy person.
0: And so that would be, you know, you would be losing teeth, is that
2: yes, what that would look you lose like. Lose teeth with periodontal mm. disease. Yeah, if it's untreated and unmanaged.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But of course, the other thing we now know is these astounding links between chronic periodontal disease and heart disease, stroke, diabetes, lung disease, and Alzheimer's disease. Wow! Which you know, I I've essentially in my practice, I will. Talk to people about those things now, as much as I will talk to them about the local mouth effects of tooth loss.
0: Mm. So, do if- we know? Do we know? I mean, the, there's a link there and a correlation, but do we know how much of a correlation that is? Like, is that the that the the oral hygiene and the periodontitis is. We can't say that it's causing, but we're saying that there's very strong links between strong these. Links, yes,
2: yep. and, and a strong causative association. And I'm so sorry, sorry, I wasn't prepared with statistics for you. No,
0: that's fine. Yeah, but, you
2: know, We can provide that if you need it. The, the interesting thing is the mechanisms seem to be in part that frustrated immune system. So you've got this immune system that's trying to deal with something that it can't deal with really. And so it rapidly degenerates into chronic inflammation. And if any of your listeners are attentive to modern um, etiology or the the process of disease, the the way the studies are going now, chronic inflammation is really being highlighted as a major driver of all diseases. Uh, so, you know, for years we were trying to manage heart disease by focusing on cholesterol, but now it's becoming clear that it's not just a dietary disease. There are immune system and chronic inflammatory uh, mechanisms that, that drive heart disease. It's it's mm. amazing. And, of course, I think it was 2018, 17, 18, that the studies were coming through showing the links with alzheimer's disease that are again a combination of immune driven but also bacterial driven and it's you know having read that it's almost impossible to go to bed without flossing
0: yeah <laughs> yes i know there will be many more with me at the end of this episode <laughs> well you know i
2: love what you said sarah because So many of my patients would not dream of going to bed without brushing their teeth, but they will more often than not go to bed without flossing their teeth. Hmm. So it's like, I don't know, it's like putting on one leg of your pants Mm. Mm. and then wondering why people are looking at you oddly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And these are the
2: same people who will be absolutely... Impeccable in the way they keep their home. You know, they wouldn't think of washing half the dishes or, um, you know, cleaning one room and leaving the other room mm. in the state. But, you know, yeah. when it comes to our teeth, it's, you know, almost like anything goes.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like when you look at it like that, it's something that we really do avoid. Yeah, I, it is yeah. it's just not complete we don't complete and it's literally in like you say a hole in our face <laughs> yes, yes.
2: but the thing that I find funniest with it is that I was the same mm. and it, and I will put both hands up and say actually for a lot of my dental career I was the same it was I, I was very lax on my own hygiene. I don't know what I thought, like being a dentist was going to give me some magic fairy protection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but what I do know is that um, once I actually started recognising that this body needs a lot of care, that just sorted itself out very, very quickly, mm. stopped fighting.
0: Yeah and when you talk about inflammation you know we uh, in terms of those other diseases I mean, in terms of women's health mm. we see a lot about inflammation because of the impact that that then has on women's hormones so is this where the link is is it is it the inflammation that is then affecting The hormones, or is it the hormones that then are affecting the inflammation? (laughs) How does it work?
2: Yes,
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's onto
2: something there. (laughs) It's and the thing is that it's the hormones do exert an influence, and there's you know there are studies showing that there are. effects that estrogen and progesterone have on both the oral bacteria, the quality and quantity, and the inflammatory response of the body. But here's the thing. If you have good oral hygiene, you those impacts are reduced. So it's it's like the hormones magnify what's already going on. So if you start with a good state of health, it's going to be almost impossible for you to develop gingivitis and periodontitis. But if you're already not in a great state of oral hygiene by the time you hit puberty and, you know, how many kids do you know take really great care of their teeth,
0: hmm.
2: um, then you're sort of behind the eight ball, so to speak. So when the hormones kick in, they tend to have their own you know, impacts.
0: Hmm. Hmm. That would make sense. Because it's like, well, they have their own actions, you know, progesterone okay. and estrogen have their own way of working with the body. Yes. And if the body's not in a, you know, state that is, I guess you could say, harmonious, balanced, you know, it's not, um, the the machinations are not as they should be then they can actually then go out of kilter it's the environment that we produce that then allows the hormones to do what they've got to do and if if the environment is not you know as it needs to be then it's going to be they're going to go out of kilter you know doing doing their job still doing what they do but it's going to have an effect on the body that is you know, undesirable.
2: Yes, exactly so, exactly. And, you know, puberty is often a time where you will see young girls get um, an increase in inflammation. But as I said, you know, it's, it's like we're, we're setting it up. We're setting it up by not quite looking after ourselves as well as we could beforehand and then then we're just open slather for, mm. for the problems but we can't blame our cycle we can't blame our, our um, estrogen and progesterones for causing
0: no exactly
2: and and so we see the impacts through the whole of the cycle all the way to menopause and, and, look, I have to be honest, you know, when I read the studies, I find them uh, interesting because like a lot of scientific studies, there's a fair amount of contradiction going on or mm. one study will contradict another and the, the proposed mechanisms uh, can be subtly different. For me, it's what I see every day in clinical practice that interests me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: And I'm very fortunate because as a woman dentist, I can ask my patients about their cycle. I, d- I don't think male dentists would be as comfortable and I don't think women would be so comfortable answering questions about how their menstrual cycle is going, where are they, um, you know, their oral contraceptive status. It All of those things I'm very fortunate that I get to ask about um, and, of course, I set a context. It's not just me being nosy. Um, it's it's a real, um, you know, interest in, okay, what's going on and, and could this have an impact on why a particular woman has such bad inflammation?
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. It's great that you can bring that kind of awareness to your clients or to mm-hmm. your patients.
2: Exactly, because it's like, what I feel, Sarah, is was it in the eight, seventeen, eighteen hundreds that we tore the body into pieces, and it's got worse and worse and worse in the intervening time as we've learned more and more about this, the different systems. But we're well past the time now to start putting everything back together. Mm, I agree. And and this is where you know we need to work with our medical professionals, and you know the amazing work you're doing with women is just incredible that we're starting to put the body back into the hole that it is and the thing that i'm imploring women to do is is to really okay and this is going to sound a bit harsh but we've got to stop with the excuses Hmm. because i hear too many excuses and 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 i get it like our lives are crazy i i know that my life is crazy But at some point you have to go, hold on, here's a condition that I can do a lot about. I can do a lot to help myself here and it's not super difficult. It's Mm. not impossible. And instead of pouring myself into all the reasons I can't do it, how about I find all the ways I can support myself to do it?
0: Hmm. it's it's really about how uh, how much we value ourselves value our bodies it comes back to our self-worth doesn't it
2: oh my god yes absolutely and 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 i would say it's one of the hardest things to speak to because if you don't value yourself then it takes a lot to break the, the momentum of that because the lack of self worth, it's like, it's like a, a practice. It's like a muscle that we work, and we're very good at working the muscle of "I'm not worth it." <laughs> like <laughs> we're all Arnold Schwarzenegger in terms of our, uh, um, strength with not valuing ourselves. So when you say to someone, "Hey, let's develop the other muscle." And, and make self-care a regular um, part of our lives then you're basically working against a muscle that you've developed but do it if you give enough focus and dedication to it you will end up developing the opposite and then the sense of wealth of sense of wealth the sense well it is wealth it is wealth it's it's true wealth (laughs) that 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 worth grows it it deepens and it deepens just through like this is the thing that blows me away just doing boring stupid little things like flossing your teeth builds a sense of worth and value Hmm. when you go from bleeding gums to not bleeding gums when you go from a mouth that's not quite tasting nice, not feeling nice, teeth are a bit thick and furry, and you go to a mouth that feels smooth and glossy and has no taste, it's a phenomenon. Mm. It's such a it's so beautiful, it feels so good. Why would you why would you not give yourself that every day?
0: Mm. Exactly. And this is something that is as much preventative as it is addressing any particular issues that we might have.
2: Exactly, you do everything in one.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: not like you have to do something different to prevent and something different to to treat. It's the same thing. And and look, any woman you know, and any woman listening to this who has um, pregnancy. Um, has pregnancy is pregnant (laughs) (laughs) that that was not really well said or women who have menstrual difficulties um, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and I'm sorry I'm stumbling around trying to remember the name of premenstrual syndrome PMS thank you (laughs) worthwhile it's you know, it's not that it's more important for you, but it is very important because there are impacts that pregnancy has on gum health. But again, it's not going to give you gum disease. If you go into pregnancy with really healthy gums, apart from the fact that having healthy gums interestingly actually makes conception easier. So there's a bit of incentive, ladies, to mm. you want to fall pregnant. Um Getting rid of gum disease is a really good starting point. Obviously, it's not going to make you fall pregnant, but it's a significant contributing factor. Because it's
0: pregnancy. it's helping with the inflammation.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it reduces the risk of early miscarriage as well. So pregnancy, as I said, is not going to give you gum disease, but if you already have gum inflammation, it will definitely um, aggravate it. Um, It, our understanding is that the large um, levels of um, estradiol, estriol and progesterone that we secrete during pregnancy have an impact on the oral bacteria. So it tends to favour the nastier ones, but it also affects the blood vessels in the gum. So in the same way that the blood vessels in the uterus become more open Uh, during pregnancy. The same thing happens in the gum tissues. And so you get uh, leakier, more open blood vessels, and uh, you get an increase in inflammation. Uh, And some women get these quite florid, large um, gum swellings during pregnancy. Now, they tend to be fairly innocuous, and they go away when the baby is born, but they can be quite alarming. But again, it pregnancy doesn't cause them on its own, you already have to have some inflammation.
0: That's a really important point, I think, to really emphasize. And you have a few times, but just again, that, you know, women, I I hear women quite often um, blaming pregnancy for um, gingivitis or inflammation in the gums. And um, it is quite common, but it's an exacerbator Is that what you're saying? So it's it's making worse a pre-existing condition, but it is we can't blame pregnancy here. That's not pregnancy is not causing that.
2: Correct. It will make worse what you've already got. Yeah. Now, contraceptive pill is interesting, and and I'm I I find this one um, fascinating. So um, there are studies that show that the contraceptive pill again will aggravate a pre-existing condition and will increase uh, inflammation, swelling in the gums and will also have impacts on the bacterial uh, population. So both the nastiness of the bacteria and the uh, numbers of bacteria And there are claims that the newer, more uh, refined versions of contraceptive pill don't do this as much, but it's still very important. If you're going to take the pill and and you emphasise this so beautifully, Sarah, that we don't pretend it's a lolly or that it's harmless. It impacts on every system in your body. Mm. I'm not saying don't take it, but know what you're taking inform yourself and get your gums under into the best state of health you can because once you start taking that pill you are going to exacerbate whatever you've already got
0: very good advice amazing
2: now we can't we can't we've got to stop you know, pretending that these are innocuous drugs. And look, I'm just going to give a very interesting example, if I may. That I saw a young woman um, last week and a very lovely woman with some of the worst gum health I've seen in, in a long time. And okay, she hadn't been to the dentist for a long time, uh, but she was in her mid 20s and She's facing potential tooth loss by the time she's in her 60s because her condition is so severe and she's already losing attachment between the tooth and the bone. So she's developing periodontal disease. This is not gingivitis, this is periodontal disease, which is the more serious version. And to be developing that in your mid 20s is serious. You know, this is like, this is, you need to act now. This is not. I will put this off for a year or two. You, you, this needs prompt action. But what was interesting, I said to her. So, what, what's going on with your your menstrual cycle? And she said, Well, I don't have one because she's on. Um, help me with this, Sarah Marina.
0: Yes, Marina. Yeah. And
2: so she no longer has a cycle. To this is to manage her endometriosis. And. Now, this is a single person. I'm not making any claims about about Marina causing gum disease because obviously it doesn't, it won't have that effect on everybody. But I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, how out of order is this? What if her doctor had sent her to the dentist and said, you know what, how about you get your gums looked at? How about you go and talk to your GP and get your sinuses and nasal cavity checked and your gut? How about we go to those three inflammatory hotspots? Sorry, I just introduced something quite new there. But the mm. mouth is really one of the key hotspots for inflammation. How about you get that under control? And let's talk in six months. Let's see if calming down the inflammation in your mouth, perhaps dealing with any Chronic inflammation you've got in other parts of your body. Let's get that sorted, then we'll talk about Marina.
0: That that is amazing, and that would just turn so many probably you know um, impacts that women experience into something else. <laughs> it, that would be amazing if we were given that kind of advice. That's I just know. gold.
2: It's like, it's like because there's a chasm between doctors and dentists that, you know, like it's like an unbridgeable gap. It's like we're not even on the same planet sometimes. And you think, look, I'm not claiming that improving your oral hygiene is going to get rid of your PCOS. That would be a stupid thing to say and it's unrealistic. But before we start jumping in and treating these conditions aggressively and medically, what if we look Leave no stone unturned. What if we look at everything that could be a contributing factor? Mm. Why don't you look at your oral hygiene, get a dentist to give you a good, clean and and an honest assessment of where you're at? What if we worked on your sleep? What if we worked on all of these other factors, your diet, everything that could be contributing, then once we've done all of that, let's look at what we need to do from a medical point of view.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: if you've had, you know, six years of agonizing periods, like what if we just said, can you hold on for another six months and see what we can do with everything else?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, a, a woman with agonizing periods may want to kill me for saying that, but, but you know, I know, I, and you highlighted the earlier episode you and I had together, um, you know, if only I had known there were other things I could have done to have helped my period rather than just leaping straight into medicalisation that created other problems.
0: And this is the thing, like, you know, we're, we're so used to this way of dealing with things now, you know, it's just like you said earlier, everything is segregated and separated into these compartments and mm. we're offered, um, you know, I mean, the medical, you know, establishment in what it offers is amazing but it is very segregated. There's just bits and pieces that we're mm. offered that offer a fix. And we're so used to it because we, you know, that's what we, that's all we want. You know, we want to just take something, but what you're offering here and you know, what, what this whole podcast is actually about is actually really looking at the body as a whole to start with, but then getting to know each and every single part of the body and how important each part is for the whole like it's just can't be separated like that we have to have a relationship with our body that that just takes things to a whole other level
2: yeah it's so true sarah and and the thing that's so interesting is like we will put so much focus on some things and yet there are glaring holes that we will just we just ignore as though as though they don't exist.
0: Hmm.
2: And, you know, I'll see people who will never miss a beat on their workout. Like they'll go hail, rain, or shine. You know, they're much more dedicated to their exercise than I am. Um, we, we won't say anything about that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but <laughs> moving right along. But, but when it comes to certain things, like I've had people that I've seen for many, many years and and I, I talk to them exactly like I'm talking in this podcast. It's, you know, it's very personalised advice, though, when I see some, obviously this is general and, and, and not specific in nature. But they just, they just won't. They just won't. And, it, and, and I don't blame people because, like I said, I, I had that same attitude for so many years. Well, what I'm fascinated by, what does it take to wake people up to the fact that every part of the body is important?
0: Mm. It,
2: I, I, I don't know, and I've been doing this for a really long time now. This is, you know, I've been around in the dental profession for 30 years, so there's nothing I haven't heard, there's nothing I haven't seen, there's no excuse I haven't heard 30 years times 5 days a week times 10 patients a day you know i've heard it all seen it all and it doesn't stop me loving people and it doesn't stop me I, I, it doesn't stop me wanting to find the key to unlock people
0: and it's it's easier isn't it i mean it's the easy way out that we can blame the body yeah for everything that happens you know We can blame hormones and we do this as women a lot. We blame hormones and I always and forever saying it's not the hormones, the hormones are amazing. Our hormones do the most incredible job. They're the most intricate and delicate communicators in our body that are just, it's like really something to to wow at like when we really see what and understand how they work. They're not the issue. it's It's what we actually create. It's the environment that we create for them to do what they do. So,
2: mm.
0: like I said before, it's going to be they're going to cause they are going to cause havoc, not because they're doing a bad job, but because of the environment that we have created if yes. that's if that's what we do.
2: Well, I was going to say we are with them or we're against them. It's that simple.
0: Exactly, that is just perfect, exactly.
2: And actually, one thing I didn't mention is menopause, and you mm. know, menopause has its own impacts with the drop in estrogen. And this, is, I get really confused. Like sometimes, honestly, folks, I get really confused when I when I read scientific literature because, on one hand, they're saying, "Oh, well, when, when you're on the menstrual pill, or if you have, you know, estrogen dominance, for example, women that with high levels of estrogen tend to get quite aggressive uh, gum inflammation and quite severe bleeding and, and it's a very difficult condition to manage you know, without some um, level of, of medical intervention. But again, you know, working with someone like Sarah would be my first port of call, frankly. Um, but there are uh, there's evidence that the drop in oestrogen also has uh, a, a pro-gum disease effect. But here's the thing, you know, menopause for me is like an accumulation of everything. We've lived up until the point of menopause.
0: Mm.
2: So if you have neglected yourself, if you have made it children first and the dogs first and the husbands first and the house cleanings first and, and you're somewhere underneath the, I don't know, goldfish in your level of priorities and importance for yourself, then you're going to carry that into menopause. Mm. And the thing that I find with uh, menopause women who I dearly, dearly love is it's that it's trying to get them to change muscles. You know, how I was saying earlier about, you know, we're, we're really good at the lack of self-worth, you know, we're, we're high level advanced fitness in not caring for ourselves. Mm. And, the hardest thing is getting women at that time to value, to nurture themselves, to care for themselves. And I've had women say to me, it's too hard, I can't do it. And yeah. I go, that's not a problem, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop saying to you that you're worth it. I have some fairly odd dental appointments, you probably know. <laughs>
0: yeah I, i'm just still sitting here thinking i think i need to fly to sydney to <laughs> my cheap point <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm sure there are other dentists who will say the same that that, that sorry do you sort of saying okay one thing is we've got to keep oral hygiene as simple as we can and and look you can't give advice on a podcast that's that's really meaningful other than to say a few things um clean between your teeth like i don't care what the advertisements for your toothbrush say i don't care how much they try and promote that it's got a flossing kind of effect no it doesn't it's a toothbrush <laughs> it's not floss it's not floss and and okay the bristles may get a little bit more in between the teeth but that would only work if your teeth were as thin as a piece of paper and they're quite thick so It doesn't cut it. Um, You need to actually do something to clean between your teeth and get your dentist or the hygienist to show you Mm. and try different things. Like we live in an amazing era. There are so many gadgets for cleaning in between teeth. It's crazy. So it's not like the old days where you were just given a piece of string or in the really old days where people would just use a piece of cotton to clean between their teeth or like, let's go really ancient, a stick. You know, (laughs) we don't have to find a stick in the backyard and and jam that between our teeth. So you're saying we have more than floss? We have more than floss. We've got lovely little interdental brushes and for people who've tried them and they don't like the wire, there are little plastic rubber-coated interdental cleaners. There are water flosses. There are air flosses, And these things are all readily available. They're they're not, it's not like, um, you know, when I was a kid, I had braces when I was 11. This is a really long time ago. And I'm just stopping going. It was 1979. Oh, my God. I'm I'm not dead yet. Um, My (laughs) mum found a water flosser. Now, I don't know how she found it. There was no internet. There were no resources like we have at the tip of our fingers today to, to find these exciting things. But somehow she managed to get a water flosser. And I swear it's the only reason I had teeth at the end of my braces. So, but wow. these days you can walk into any big pharmacy and you'll find many water flosses that you can choose from.
0: Well, that's new to me. I had no idea there was anything other than floss. Floss,
2: yeah. And, <laughs> and look at get, get the instruction on how to use it because you. Dentists, we're a bit naughty because we tend to assume that we know the mouth inside and out, that everyone else does as well, and that's not true. Um, So just say, look, I've got these little brushes. Can you show me how to use them? Or
0: Mm.
2: preferably don't buy them because you need to know the size and the dentist is the best person to help you with the sizing. Mm. Um, Now, I'm funny. I don't rely on any one thing. I like a mixture. So what I mean by that is I will floss a few nights I will use the brushes a few nights of the week and I'll use my water flosser occasionally maybe once a week because what I like is each one of those tools has strengths and weaknesses and when you use all of them throughout your week you cover all of your bases if that makes sense amazing and, and it keeps you. It keeps you awake. I find if I'm just doing the same thing all the time, I I get slack. I'm a human. I get mm. slack. Whereas if I'm, you know, if I'm using my brushes on Tuesday night and and I floss on Wednesday night, um, I'm fresher. I'm 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 more alive and awake to what I'm doing because I have to think about it. I can't just rely on on getting in a groove.
0: <laughs> Literally. <Yeah.
2: Yes. laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm punning and I don't even know it. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> oh, I love it. So uh, yeah. can we can we just um go through a little bit of a summary just to, to bring this episode to a close so that women can um go and get their floss Exactly. <laughs> um, I think there's an urgency after listening to this um, <laughs> so from what I from what I can understand from what you've said is that there is gum disease is actually quite prevalent you know amongst us that we probably a lot of us maybe not even realize that we have if we've got yeah. bleeding gums mm. we've got gum disease yep yeah. yep yeah? And then, so the the bacteria in our mouth is can can actually be quite nasty. So yes. that that's something for us to be really aware of. And and then right. that can go into what we call gingivitis, and then into periodontitis, yes.
2: okay.
0: um, which is not reversible. So we've got gingivitis reversible, yes. but periodontitis is not reversible which means we've sort of taken ourselves to a point where we've really not been looking after ourselves um, and we need to be very um, urgent about the way we're addressing it
2: and if you've got periodontal disease you need dental care Um, you can't do that on your own Uh, but you can stabilize it you can make that condition stable yeah you, you can't reverse it but you can get very stable and very healthy
0: amazing and so then we're looking at the the link between this between our oral health mm-hmm. and inflammation in the body or the inflammation that is caused by bad oral health mm-hmm. and and then the the implication that that has on so many different systems, heart disease, immune health. What else did you say?
2: Uh, diabetes, um, yeah. stroke, Alzheimer's, lung disease.
0: Yeah, so all of those things are implicated when we are not looking after our oral health and then included in that, which is the the point of this episode is is about women's health, women's hormones, which are not uh, isolated to any of those parts of the body, any of those systems in the body uh, that also have an impact on the inflammation in, in that is created by bad oral health is going to have an in, impact on how our hormones are responding. So, yes. um, and then the impact then on you know, different types of conditions that women will experience and also their effect on women taking oral contraceptives or other kinds of uh, contracept- hormonal contraceptives. And I'm yes. sure, you know, different conditions like links, I'm sure there's probably links between PCOS and gum disease. Um yes. Yeah, so we, I mean, the list is really endless when we bring everything together. It's and pregnancy as well. Mm -hmm. The thing that we 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 sort of highlighted there, and for all of this, is that it is not the actual pregnancy. It's not your hormones. It is the foundation by which you have already looked after yourself. The foundation by which you've already taken care of uh, this this area of your body. That is so important. I mean. How often do we use our mouth? We're using our mouth constantly.
2: it's it's your it impacts on how you smile, your perception of your own beauty, um, your speech, your ability to speak clearly, your ability to eat, um, just your sense of ease with yourself. You know it's it's not even those things that it overtly does. but if your mouth feels beautiful and healthy, it doesn't become a focus point, but Sarah, that was an amazing summary you've given. One thing I just wanted to there a couple of points I want to add is that nothing is too late. It's never too late. You can if you've got three teeth and you bring those three teeth care, those teeth will become beautiful and healthy, and you can and you can love them and cherish them and nurture them and change the whole state of the health of your body. But the other thing is don't waste energy on causes or blame or focus, focusing on what the cause is. There's a cycle between the menstrual cycle and oral health. And it's it's like, a, I guess, a feedback loop. And you work on any one of those things, and preferably if you work on all of those things, they're all going to support each other to improve. You know, it's not a matter of going, I'll get my periods right, my gums will improve. No, work on all of it and then observe the changes in your body
0: amazing that's a really beautiful way to finish up thank you so much again rachel it's just such a joy to have you on the show and to also have your incredible wisdom on this particular topic and just on on just life and women in general it's um always amazing so thank you very very much
2: Thank you, Sarah. I love what you're doing. You are you are just offering women a new way and, and I listen to your podcast with absolute delight. I'm just so glad someone's doing what you're doing and it's a joy to work with you.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Rachel. You're listening to Follow Your Flow podcast with Sarah Harris. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and get in touch. All details on www.followyourflow.com.au slash podcast.